time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I'm your host, Cody Waite. Hey, everyone. I'm Kathy Waite. And you're listening to the Weight Endurance Podcast, fueled by thefeed.com. Thefeed.com is our online sports nutrition store that has like every possible nutrition item I think you could think of for endurance sports. Um, so if you haven't already checked them out, definitely do so. And their offer is still there for all our podcast listeners to sign up uh, with thefeed.com, get an account, enter your email, and create a password. That's all it takes, and they'll put $20 credit into your account. So you get 20 bucks yeah, free awesome. to go shopping, and then um, they're there for everything you, you have. So we have kind of a different product we're going to mm-hmm. feature here in a minute um, that we've been trying and, and liking quite a bit for, for training. Yeah, so, we feel lucky that we've gotten these like boxes of goodies to try out and report to everyone how they are. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. fun. And they have so much stuff too, which is cool. And it's fun <laughs> to get different. Like last week we talked about the Epic Nutrition, mm-hmm. like the bone broth, which was amazing. And like those... Beef bars. Beef bars. That sounds weird, but they're good. They are good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we got another kind of twist on energy food to talk about this week. We are on to episode number 75. Um, we're going to be talking about our final base building block. You know, it's March... Just about everyone is, you know, in the midst of or kind of getting close to wrapping up their base training for Mm -hmm. the coming season. You know, spring is right around the corner. Um, And so, you know, the final bit of building one's base is really pushing that CTL, chronic training load, uh, or fitness as it's related to, to a very high level to sort of conclude the base building. And then typically what people will do is back it off and maybe do some early season racing or take a little short break slash recovery before going into a race prep phase. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about this episode, those final few weeks of base and how to kind of maximize one's fitness and get that CTL number super high. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. Uh, but before we do, what have we been up to? Not much because we had a recovery week this week. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that. I took I Monday to, off. Yeah. Uh, did a very light kind of strength, lightweight strength core mobility mm-hmm. session, a couple easy hour rides. What, that's about all you... Yeah. Well, on Monday, I actually got to try a new trail system down in Mesa. Called, that's right. Well, I had been to the Haas system. Am I saying that right? I always struggle. Haas. Haas. Yeah. The Haas system twice before, but my friend wanted to show me this zippy new descent that she had discovered called Red Mountain Rush. And so I went with her and, and another friend, and frankly, it really wasn't a recovery ride because it was like hammer it. But I, I just said to them, like, hey, y'all just keep, you just wait for me at the top of Altuez. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I, I didn't go as hard as they were, but it was definitely not like a recovery ride. Um, but it was so fun. And that that's what we've encouraged people on these recovery weeks. Like, go ride totally. with friends and... Yeah, maybe you'll just tell them, like, I'll meet you at the top of that hill. But yeah. um, we had a good time. Exactly. Like, in our training plans, you know, workouts for this week for, like, our most of our junior riders and our adult riders in the base builder program, that's exactly what the workouts were. It said, like, ride for fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, easier is better. Right. But also, like you said, if you're having fun and there's a fun trail or hill to kind of go up, you don't have to put in a specific effort, but you can... Put, put in a little effort, assuming you feel good. Which yeah, I did feel good, and I yeah. had a great time with these two. Yeah. And definitely want to take you and Sophia and some of our team, when we can, back over to this trail system. Yeah. Super cool. I want to try it out. So for those unfamiliar, she's talking about Mesa, Arizona, and there's a relatively new trail system out there, the Haas. Mm-hmm. Is it Haas Ranch? Or? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. But the Haas trail system. But they're purpose-built mountain biking trails, mm-hmm. from what I understand. I haven't been there yet, but you've been there two or three times. They're well-designed. Yeah, and with mountain biking in mind. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, the turns are nice from what mm-hmm. I've seen and heard. And 
like the flow is really really nice yeah that's what i i think like like sophia would love on this red mountain rush descent it's like the flow is perfect you just go and you go and you go yeah so if you're in the phoenix area ever and looking for a place to ride yeah there you go the eastern side of the greater phoenix valley mesa has those haas ranch or haas trails um that's really it i've just been catching up on stuff you know i even like to, this morning, I called a girlfriend and talked to her on the phone for an hour because mm-hmm. normally I don't have time for that. Right. But it was really fun just to catch up and reconnect with my friends back home in Denver who um, I feel a little bit far from right now. Right, right. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of catch up as well. And then we are, as we record this, we're going into our first race of the season. Um, I'm so nervous. The Cactus <laughs> Cup, which is kind of the, I would call it the unofficial, unofficial u.s like opening mountain bike race season opening mountain bike race Um, it draws a big crowd of pros yeah it's the first like high quality mountain bike race in in the states i think so um and yeah it's over in the phoenix area mcdowell mountain park we ride there quite often not too far from where we're staying down here in arizona and um it'll be fun i mean it's uh i'm feeling fitness is good i'm not really feeling race fit per se mm. but i'm just gonna go and well i heard you talking to sophia in the fun. other room and you said something like i don't know if i feel fast yet but i feel strong is that what i heard something like that yeah but yeah. you're gonna crush it yeah like, i mean endurance great. is reasonable and um it is a slightly longer 40 mile cross-country mm-hmm. race and um yeah i mean it's fine the, the, the course doesn't lend to my strengths mm-hmm. you know i like the big climbs and stuff and there's no real climbs so to speak so um but it's a fun race, so I'm looking forward just to, you know, seeing people from last year you haven't seen since last year and, mm-hmm. you know, going hard and it'll be fun. I'm most excited about the time trial tomorrow, although I'm also the most nervous about that. Okay. <laughs> but it's it's like a 20-plus minute effort and it's it's my favorite kind of course, like up and down and twisty-turny, punchy climbs. So I'm excited. We also have, like, I can't remember, eight to ten riders from our team who will also be racing and... I'm excited to cheer for them. Um, so yeah, it should be good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, okay, let's get on to our featured product from thefeed.com. Um, the last two weeks, we've been trying out um, a product called Trail Butter, mm-hmm. which is a fun fun name. I mean, how would you describe it? It's basically a, a nut butter. Yeah, it's, it's, tra- it's delivered via a pouch. What I really like is this pouch is like multi-serve, um, how do you say that? It has multi-servings yeah. in it? Well, they have two sizes. Oh, do they? We only, I've only tried the big pouch. Yeah, so it comes okay. in two sizes. I think we've only had the bigger size. Um, there's like a 1.1 ounce single serve mm-hmm. okay. size, which I think is about 200 calories. All right. Um, and then the ones we've been trying are four and a half ounces, and they're calling that a four-serving pouch. Um, and that gets you close to like 800 calories. Um, so it's, and it's about, I'm holding it here in in my hand. You could put like two in a Jersey pocket. Mm -hmm. They're kind of Jersey pocket size, but not super deep. Um, so they're like a big gel pouch, but. So let's describe what it's like. It's an almond butter base that's been, um, filled with other ingredients. So it's like sea salt. Um, so what, what did you yeah. say? Cranberries. So we had two flavors. They make four flavors, um, that are really appealing. We, we have tried the, what they call the original trail mix flavor, which, um, is yeah, almond butter. And then they throw in other trail mix like ingredients. So they throw in some coconut oil, which is an additional fat, some sunflower seeds. Um, what is it? Dried cranberries, some little chocolate, bits um i'm reading it right now honey and some ground vanilla and some salt yeah but it's finely finely pureed i guess you'd call Mm -hmm. it because there there is texture but it's there's not like chunks of stuff i found the texture to be pleasant and the flavor's good like it has yeah it's not just like a gulp of almond butter which is a little bit gaggy Mm -hmm. and sort of sticks in your mouth right but they put the right amount of other ingredients and flavors and textures in there to make it really palatable yeah and interesting when you when you eat it. Yeah, I agree fully. And then the other flavor that um, we tried was the maple syrup and sea salt, which mm-hmm. I really like that one. Right. Um, I love anything maple syrup flavored. Um, and then they also have like a chai flavor and a dark chocolate coffee flavor. So 
quite a few flavors. Um, and so when would you eat this? I mean, I have been sampling it on our longer endurance rides, mm-hmm. um, either just straight out of the pouch, um, which was good. And then I'd also bring like maybe a banana in my pocket or a little bag of dates um, in my pocket. And if we stopped for like a little bit longer break, I'd literally like squirt it out onto the banana or onto the dates. And that mm-hmm. was, to me, I love dates and peanut butter or dates and nut butter. Um, it, adds a, it's good snack. it adds a variety to your snack collection on a ride because right. it does get really tedious on a four-hour ride to... Just like one cliff bar after the other. Right, right. And being that it's mostly fat, you know, the nut butter and the coconut oil is the primary ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely suited more for that, quote, slow burning energy. Right. So for a long ride, like an endurance ride or something off the bike. Like like pickleball. <laughs> yeah, you took them to pickleball. Yeah, I just keep something like this. I have the beef bar in my bag and... Now I, I have these pouches in my bag, and mm-hmm. it's such a nice variety for me when I'm playing pickleball. I just like want to eat different things. Yeah. We sit between games, and we're there for four or five hours. And you need like a slower burn. Right. Yeah, and I could see these being really handy maybe for traveling. I don't know. This four and a half ounce might not make it through airline security, but that one ounce one. You could put them in your suitcase if you're yeah. flying somewhere. I'm just thinking like during yeah. travel, um, like on the plane, sure. you know, travel days or whatever. Okay, my favorite part about this pouch, though, yeah. is, and you didn't even notice this, mm-hmm. is that they designed the pouch in such a way that you don't waste that last tablespoon at the end that you can't get sucked out of like the... Like squeezed out yeah. of the nozzle, yeah. Squeezed or sucked out, and so they allow you to rip the top of mm-hmm. um, the pouch off, and yeah, it really bothers me to waste things that are inside a package that you can't get out. Yeah, yeah, totally. So they nailed it. So um, give smart. this one a try, and uh, with every featured product that we are sharing on the podcast, I believe that you're getting another 10% yes, off. Correct. So that code will be in the show notes with the um, link to access the the feed deal with $20 credit into your account. Yeah, and then you could load up on these. And per serving, um, the bigger pouch with four servings is $6, which per like cent per calorie is better than like a carbohydrate gel or a bar you know right. it's actually a pretty good value per se um so i think it's a good a good option it's yeah. a good option it's not something you're gonna gulp down when you're doing vo2 max intervals no definitely not but this is perfect for a, a long slow ride which is basically the topic of our conversation today so it's a really good segue into a, a fuel a fueling option for what we're talking about. Totally. Yeah. Good uh, Good segue. Mm-hmm. So I'll put the discount code in the show notes and then um, let's move on to the main topic here, which is building that final big base fitness, raising that CTL, chronic training load to sort of a high early season level um, to kind of close out one's base training. Um, so for, for us, people following our program, um, our training plans, base builder training plans, that last block is... It, that it is the time to hit those final, you know, two, three, maybe four, depending on, you know, who you are, how much training you've got in your legs, final big weeks of training load. And what that'll do is really bump your fitness or that CTL line to a really high level, um, probably to the highest you may see, at least in the spring season, mm-hmm. like the early season. Um, and then what you'll likely do following this peak of fitness, one, you'll be tired most likely because it's a couple of weeks at least of like concentrated efforts and we'll talk about how to do that here in a second and then you might follow that up with a little recovery and then maybe do some early season racing um i know like the big south gravel race the first kind of big gravel race in the countries this weekend as well the cactus cup like we've talked about i mean racing is here um so you know this time of year get that get the ctl high recover a little bit and then you can do some early season racing and then after that, or if you're not doing racing um, this early, you'd probably be well-suited for a little transition week, maybe take a few days off, kind of some extra recovery at the end of this final push, and then ready to jump over to what we call our race prep phase of training um, or kind of uh, build phase of getting that more race-specific training pat beyond base. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll use this moment to segue a little bit into our to consider our 2022 race prep program that we're offering. This is something new we're doing this year. Uh, we've spoke about it a few months ago when we launched our base builder program, 
Um, and there was a combo of the base plus the race program. And beginning middle of April is when we'll start that race prep phase. So it is coming up. It's about a month away, and we'll okay. get into that race prep um, phase. And so we're offering this program that includes us as your coaches, and we have, we'll have we have twice a month Zoom calls talking about the, the training progressions and, and how you should do your race prep training, um, the strength training, the bike workouts, um, and, the, and a customized training program for the individual rider based on what races and events you're targeting. So we'll be kind of focused around like Leadville, kind of an August peak, um, but that lines up really well for things like Steamboat Gravel, Breck Epic. Uh, I mean, there's a number of gravel races mm-hmm. and other races mm-hmm. in that August timeframe. So it's really about building your race-specific endurance fitness for like a summer race. So if that sounds appealing to you, check it out. I'll put the uh, link in the show notes. I have really enjoyed our Zoom calls with the Adult Base Builder Program. And, you know, if anyone's out there kind of curious and thinking maybe you'd want to do it, but you're not sure about another Zoom call and you might be doing that for work, it's been really fun. It has been. Like people are interactive and giving personal successes and failures which leads to really good quality conversations about mm-hmm. like how to do this better or how to try something different I, I really enjoyed getting to know the people and I, I think everyone's learning a lot for sure yeah and we'll cover all the inside information of like how to prepare for a long endurance race like mm-hmm. a leadville or like a steamboat gravel or anything like that you know, things, obvious things like fueling and equipment and pacing, mm-hmm. as well as all the training progressions. And then the plan itself will be built for the individual. Right. So if they're doing races in, you know, May, June, and July to build up towards their August peak, you know, that'll be built into the plan. So um, it's going to be really, really we fun. We even have like a special guest plan a couple of times. Yeah, a nutrition, uh, dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're so trying we'll, to add a lot of value to the program. Yeah, for sure. So check it out. Like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes and that'll kind of officially kick off April 11th. Um, so check it out. We can get you going. I'll build that program for you individually and um, kind of get your whole race preparation training on track. So um, it'll be good. Good program to consider. All right. So let's dig in. How do we build this big fitness? Good question. So I would say there's three ways to do it. Number one, increasing duration. Number two, and we'll talk about these individually here in a moment, increasing frequency of riding. And then also increasing the aerobic intensity. Okay. So increase duration, increase frequency, increase aerobic intensity. Right. So all three have increased. So the, the... the big picture here is we're trying to really increase what we're doing currently mm-hmm. to really give that big push of finishing out base training. Um, so increasing duration, that one's pretty straightforward. Um, there's really two ways to go about this. The one obvious one is going longer, lengthening your endurance rides on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, assuming most people do their endurance rides on the weekend, um, you know, it's stretching that maybe what is a three-hour ride up to like a four and maybe even a five-hour ride um, over the course of two, three, four weeks of this final progression um, is, is definitely one way to do it. And as you do that, you know, intensity should be relatively low mm-hmm. um, and just increasing those minutes, you know, longer and longer each, each weekend and, and stretching out that duration. There's another way to increase duration, which you... Yeah, I think it's a great way for people on a time crunch mm-hmm. and and for people who either because of their job or because of the weather are stuck on the trainer. Mm-hmm. Although this can be done outside, but the point is you can just add more um, like aerobic threshold intervals at the end of your structured session on the trainer or even outside. Yeah. But it's like it gives you such a good bang for your buck to ride at 80% of your heart rate Mm -hmm. instead of like 65 to 75%. And so we used to do this last year or the the years in the studio. In the studio. We we were lucky at that noon session that some of the other participants could stay around like they own their own business or whatnot. They're like, yeah, we'd love to stay for 40 more minutes. Right. And we, you know, shoo everyone else out. Do some extra aerobic riding. And we just, yeah, keep going. Like, you know, typically we did like eight by five minutes of aerobic work and we, it was sort of like choose your own adventure. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I might stand for the first five minute one, sit down for the next five minute one. Maybe I do some big gear. And literally before I knew it, the 40 minutes was over. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can increase the duration of your interval sessions, whether it be indoor or outdoor, but mm-hmm. it, it's like you're already on your bike. Right. So if you can squeeze out an extra 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, you know, whatever it is possible for you, it's extra minutes of riding. You get a little extra TSS, and that's what we're targeting here is trying to really squeeze out those extra bits of TSS over the course of the final, you know, two, three, maybe four weeks of, of your base build. Yeah, I just really love this option for people who are busy because it's not like you had to get all your bike gear together yeah, you're already one, dressed. Day, one more day. Yeah. It's like you're already on your bike either indoors or outdoors, and it's like if you just had 30 minutes to add and you could do that two to four times a week, you just added one to two hours to your training volume. Right, and that could be 40 to 80 TSS, mm-hmm. maybe even 100 TSS possibly right. over the course of a week. So. Um, a great way to, to do that. And that kind of piggybacks off the third thing uh, in my list here, which was increasing aerobic intensity. So adding on to the rides you typically do um, currently, that can be just basic zone one, zone two aerobic riding, mm-hmm. or it could be like you mentioned, those aerobic threshold type intervals. Oh, sorry. Was I supposed to just stick with like easy riding? After, like, adding more of that? Yeah, because I was thinking of just, like, that good quality work on the trainer. Yeah, well, that's the way to concentrate it. And that's why I was saying Mm -hmm. to increase that aerobic intensity, you can do not just zone one and zone two, but some zone, what we call, I guess, zone three or that aerobic threshold or even kind of tempo basic basic, um, idea of riding. So that's the way to, you get kind of, like, the biggest bang for your minute or TSS for your minute at that intensity level without it being too stressful. Um, And then the second one in my list, but the third one was increasing um, frequency of riding. So what does that mean? That's basically days per week or sessions per week of riding. So, you know, in our base builder program, you know, four to five days, typically over the winter is what we have prescribed um, with two days of strength training. So now might be the time to add that fifth or sixth or seventh ride to the week on the Monday, the Wednesday, or the Friday, or, or the, the second weekend day if you weren't already riding both weekend days. So um, just riding a bit more. And that could just be zone one, zone two, like easy aerobic riding, or you know adding some of that tempo aerobic threshold um, riding as well. And so I think in our base builder plan, like the Saturday workouts evolve into some aerobic threshold riding mm-hmm. as well um, with sets like you were saying, like three by 10 minutes and building up to, I think there's some three by 30 minute ones. Um, oh yeah, those are solid. Yeah. yeah. And so that, those are good TSS gainers, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, so basically the, the goal is, oh, and one last little thing too, I had a little star here is like, during this last phase of base building in our program, we focus on the aerobic, sorry, the anaerobic power intervals, and then finally the peak power intervals, which, despite their name and like the level of power you're putting out, are actually not that stressful of workouts. When you agree, especially compared to the VO2 max. Compared to the previous block, yeah, VO2 max intervals extremely stressful. Like you really don't want to ride any more than you have to the rest of the week, so you have energy when VO2s come yes. around. Otherwise, they're really, like, really hard. Or and even when we finished our VO2 max intervals, we made sure we were like ten minutes from the house so we could just, just be spin done. home. Right? Yeah, we're like we're so done. Yeah, the idea of adding on to a VO2 workout isn't always appealing. Right. So it's sort of designed by intention here in this plan is like you get through the like most stressful, most, in my opinion, challenging workouts mm-hmm. in that middle block when your vault, like your total volume or load is kind of moderate. Right. And then the final block, that volume or load is when we really want to push it as high as we can. But the even though the intensity, the power outputs are higher doing anaerobic power and peak power, but the intervals are so short and the recoveries are so long. And we'll talk about those actually later um, coming up here, they're actually like sort of fun workouts. They're not overly stressful or taxing. Right. I get it. Um, so that allows a person, allows us to 
ride the longer rides to add you know instead of wednesday in between interval days on tuesday and thursday being a recovery day maybe you can get a two-hour ride in or you know you can add that extra frequency and duration um tack more on to, to mm -hmm. the rides after the intervals and like your example and get those extra tss points so right, right. um so it's all kind of by design so you can still get the good quality intensity in but you can do a lot more volume or tss um in that final few weeks and we're all keeping our fingers crossed that the winter weather's, you know, starting to starting to improve. Yeah, in places. It, don't we have daylight savings time change? Yeah, daylight savings is this weekend, so that'll help. You get that seemingly extra hour mm -hmm. um, in the in the evening after work hours. So, yeah, a lot of things are hopefully helping everyone right. get kind out of lining more. up to say, let's go do more. Right, right, and that's kind of how the plan was sort of designed, basically. So, but I can imagine that some people are listening to this and saying, okay. Great ideas, but I just like really don't have a lot of time. Right. But you know, so let, let's talk about ways to optimize our, the, mm -hmm. these strategies. Okay. Because I, I feel like everyone could probably grab at least an extra hour out of their week, maybe even two. It's like get off the the phone, get, you know, get, get off social media, or like maybe you're not going to watch like two hours of TV that night. But let's let's talk about how we can help people find a couple of extra hours each week. Okay. Sure. Um. I think it all boils down to planning, number one, and then if you can, prioritizing, I guess, yourself and your training a little bit. And we're only talking about for, you know, one to two, if you're maybe three weeks here, you mm -hmm. know, but for most people, one to two weeks. Like if you can kind of carve out a little window there where you can maybe give yourself that freedom, that leeway to kind of give yourself a little extra time. Right. Um, cause I know most of our listeners and even us, I mean, we have, we have a family, we have a job, you know, we're balancing all these things. Two chihuahuas. <laughs> yeah. Two little dogs today. So it's like, you know, we, our priorities are spread amongst many things, but when we're in, when we reach these phases where we want to push that extra bit, mm -hmm. if we can give ourselves a little more priority towards the training, um, this would be the time time to do that but like I said it all boils down to planning right um so some optimal I'll, I'll give a few optimal I'll give several optimal strategies and then a few sort of what I'm calling suboptimal but if you <laughs> if this is all you can do these are would also be strategies um so some optimal strategies first and foremost like discuss with your partner and family what's going on right like like, like let them in on it if they're not already. Yeah, like, hey, I'd really like to be able to ride Saturday and Sunday yeah. this week. And Wednesday, I'm going to leave work early and come home. Like, would you guys be okay for me doing this two weeks? Right, right. Uh, I'll make it up for you in my next recovery week. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because keep in mind, like, you right at the end of this, there's going to be a recovery week where right. you can kind of make up some of that missed family time or work time. Um, so yeah, getting your partner on board, your family on board, um, is a great strategy. Um, it shows you, respect for your partner. It shows for sure. respect for your family. Like you're not just plowing ahead and living selfishly. You're saying, Hey, I recognize this is going to take away from some time that you're counting on me. Do you think that we could make this work for a couple of weeks? Right. Exactly. And then along similar lines, you know, plan ahead, look at your work schedule, mm -hmm. um, talk to your boss or your business partner or whatever the case may be. And see if you can carve a little time out there too. Um, and it could be something as simple as like, can I come in to work two hours early, three days this week, so I can leave two hours early and get that extra riding after work. You know, something like that, perhaps. Um, or maybe can I get a, can I work longer Monday through Thursday and get Friday off? You know, or whatever the case may be um, for you. But again, it all kind of boils down to planning and communication and thinking ahead in that respect. Um, and then kind of a fun one, and this is definitely more challenging, I think, but is if you can plan a training camp or traincation or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> where maybe if you're, especially if you live in a winter environment, if you can get out of that and into a warmer climate for, you know, three, four, five days, whatever it is, um, can do wonders for getting out and getting some big rides in um, towards the end of the, the base period. So, um Again, it just takes planning. Yeah, we talked about this last winter in one of our episodes mm -hmm. because I, 
I, I think you and I had gone somewhere warm for a couple of days. Probably down but, here or something. Oh, probably. But yeah. I think, but we said, like, what if you were stuck in town? Like, you just couldn't make it happen. Mm-hmm. But you and a buddy decided, like, you were going to have, like, a goal. Like, we're going to ride on our trainers and maybe even go to each other's houses. And you're like, right. we're, the weather's going to be crappy, but we're going to get together for these three days and we're going to do that swift course on Friday. We're going to do this thing on Saturday. We're going to culminate with the grand, mm-hmm. oh, on Sunday. Right. Like, just plan ahead and, like, I bet there's a buddy out there that will do this with you. Yeah, without even having to leave town. Right. Um, and, you know, minimally impacting family and, and whatnot. So, yeah, planning ahead, blocking out some time if you can. Um, works wonders. Yeah. Um, and then the last little bit is kind of the minutia of planning and, and details, but simple things like pre, Make a difference. yeah, pre-prepare meals. So if you know, like, okay, this is my last week of base. I want to get like the most TSS of the season here so far. And some, maybe Sunday night you're cooking away and packing, you know, pre-making food and packing it away. And, you know, so you have less cooking and meals to do later in the mm-hmm. week, um, allowing you more time to ride. Also simple things like get your bike cleaned up. Um, change the tires if need be, you know, try to minimize things that might cause delays, you know, a puncture or a broken chain or something like that. If, you know, so taking care of your equipment, making sure that's set. And then the obvious one of like, do your laundry. So you've got five clean chamois so you can ride those like five (laughs) days in a row and not have to worry about it. Um, kind of those sorts of things. They're simple things, but they're always good reminders, Mm -hmm. you know, like, just going to the store and doing some meal prep is huge. Yeah. If you can get that part done, you're way ahead of the game. Right, for sure. All right, so those are all sort of optimal strategies. If, you know, that gets where you, you don't have a lot of flexibility in some of that stuff, so mm-hmm. some suboptimal sort of like if you have to, last resort <laughs> strategies, um, near the end of the base block, you know, I'm talking like the last week, you know, I wouldn't stretch it more than two weeks, Um, you can, this is like the one time I will say you can sacrifice some sleep in favor of more riding. I am aghast. So get up earlier if you're a morning workout (laughs) person, stay up later if you're, you know, an evening workout person and tack on that extra riding after the intervals, um, you know, those sorts of things. I I think for that, you know, week to two weeks max time period, you can make that sacrifice. Knowing you're going to take a solid like transition week or recovery week at the end. Following it. Yeah. Exactly. Take where care you can... of yourself when you're through that. Right, right. So, you know, that would be one strategy. Like if, if you just have very limited flexibility in the rest of your life, but you can sleep an hour less each day and, you know, whatever, get that extra hour riding for that, I think it's a fair trade mm-hmm. in, in those cases. And then also... Those of you using a Whoop, um, monitoring your recovery and readiness or, a, you know, an Aura Ring or Apple Watch or whatever, um, this is also the time where I th- think it's still okay to keep training even though you may dip into the red or those, like, suboptimal recovery or readiness strat- um, points. Yeah, didn't that happen to our Sophia last weekend? Yeah, so our daughter Sophia, who trains quite significantly, um, monitored heavily by us, of course. <laughs> we learned that lesson last year, giving her a little too much free range, free reign. But um, yeah, so last week we had a big week, kind of knowing we had a recovery week coming up. And I think it was like after the Friday ride, we were going to ride three days in a row pretty yeah. substantially, like a three hour ride, four hour ride, five hour ride kind of thing. And um, going the Friday into Saturday, ride was pretty, like, it was shorter, but solid. It was solid. Like we did more of that aerobic threshold work. Yeah. So it was fatiguing. She woke up, she was in the red. She panicked a little she bit. She panicked and I said, okay, it's okay. We're going to go ride. We're just going to ride easy, but we're still going to get those mm-hmm. four hours in. Um, and you know, funny enough by Sunday, I think she was back She was in at the, least back in the Back yellow. in the, she might have yeah. even gotten back in the green or something. Oh my gosh. I can't remember, but her re- well, readiness improved. She did improved. prioritize her recovery. Like she took a a warm bath, yeah. In soaking in Epsom salts, she rolled and stretch. She had good food. She, yeah, she's always a good sleeper. Right, so it it worked out, and I think this like similar to giving up some sleep if need be. It's like these one to two weeks, you can kind of like keep pushing through that minimal readiness um, if you're using the the Whoop device or the the yeah. readiness measuring de- HRV devices. So if you don't yet have a Whoop yourself and you're interested in trying it. Um, Use our landing page, join.whoop.com forward slash with we, 
and you can sign up, um, get your first month free and the Whoop itself free. And then um, you can pick your membership based off of that. So it's a good way to give it a try. I think the minimal is like six months with the first month free. So you still pay for five months of it. But I think six months is a good length of time to give it a try and see what what you think. Mm -hmm. Especially as we're going into like kind of the race season. um, It's a good time to do it. So I'll put the the link to that in the show notes as well. Um, Because I found it to be a very useful tool. I have too. Um, kind of for adjusting one's training on a daily basis, which is how we incorporated that into our training programs mm-hmm. this year. Um, experimented with it last year, have incorporated into our plans this mm, year yeah. with, uh, um, you know, doing a little more, doing a little less based on your readiness scores off the loop. Yeah, I'm just thinking about two of our kids on the WE development team, like stories that they just told us or that we kind of helped with them with. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Benny B., even though he's one of our youngest writers, mm-hmm. he's showing like great maturity. He is, for sure. And he has the whoop. And was it Thursday? I think it was last Thursday. He woke up in the red and he was supposed to do his last and final VO2 max interval session. Mm-hmm. But he texted us and he's like, you know, guys, I, I'm in the red. And in fact, my throat's a little bit off. Like it's a little sore a little or something. something. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, you think I should probably just bag it? Like, yes. I mean, he was on board right from the start. Like, don't do the workout today, get some extra sleep, and then maybe try this on Saturday. Well, he, he didn't do the workout like he was supposed to. That's perfect. He didn't get sick because he didn't push it. Mm-hmm. And I never heard from him the rest of the week. I think he rebounded into so the he, green. Yeah, like, so then he was good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was on the brink, I think, of getting a cold or mm-hmm. something there. And the whoop sort of let him know, kind of confirmed it, you know. Right. I mean, he knew he had a sore throat, yeah. a mild sore throat. And how many times have, have we all done that, woken up when we were like a little off, but we, yet we had a workout we want to get in, really so we don't really want to admit this. it. Yeah. yeah. So we push on and maybe we get that one workout in, hooray, but then the next day you got a yeah. full-blown sore throat or something. Was it really worth it? I don't think so. Well, it showed great maturity to me yeah. because I still struggle with it. And I can't remember which other kid, and I wouldn't say his name anyway, did the exact opposite. opposite. Like, <laughs> That's true. He didn't feel, I think it was a guy, he didn't feel super well. He was in the red, but he pushed through and did his workout, his intervals, and mm-hmm. made him sick. And then it like ruined like four more days after right. that. Right. And that's the trade off. Yeah. It was such a bummer for him. But I, I think he, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we have to learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so just really interesting to see these kids figuring it out. Both kids have learned from it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think these HRV measurements and the WHOOP in particular does a a pretty darn good job of kind of letting you know if you're starting to push the limits. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one of our young riders, um, I'm thinking of Jack, who's more in the gravel scene and like the ultra endurance stuff and putting in some big, big miles. He's actually down here in Phoenix as well, training with us and um, doing a lot of training. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's appropriate, but he started pushing that boundary, that limit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was tired but still feeling good and then his whoop came up red one day and he was like hey what should I do and I was like just take the day off oh and he was upset (laughs) he really did not want to do it but he did he did do it took the day off and lo and behold he was like in the yellow and then right back in the green two days later and he was able to get even more rides like in the second half of that right, week right. he had like three big rides in a row three, too yeah right? that he was able to like absolutely destroy yeah and it's because he kind of got that one day off that mm-hmm. he probably wouldn't have taken had it not been for the whoop mm-hmm. that may have then drug him down for the rest of the week right. but that one day off was a fair trade for three amazing days of training later in the week so yeah um, anyway all yeah. that to say we're really proud of our young writers who are being wiser than we probably were at their age. Oh, for sure, yeah. And um, if you need a little help, get yourself a whoop. Yeah. It, it does help. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's get right into um, our interval discussion okay. so people know how to tackle those. Yeah, so we are in that second to last, coming up into our second to last little energy system block. We're going to focus on anaerobic power. Um, this is our one to four minute maximum power, right? So this is short. This is very powerful, high power we're talking in the ranges of like 130 to 190-ish percent of one's like FTP. So very high power. Um, we're going to stick with our typical interval schemes, mm-hmm. which is dividing the, the target power duration by four. 
and doing our intervals in that duration. So what I mean by that is if we're gonna hit our one minute power, we're gonna do a four by 15 seconds to hit our one minute power, mm -hmm. okay? If we're gonna tackle our four minute power, we're gonna go four by one minutes and hit our four minute power. We're also gonna throw in a third sort of in between and we'll call it a two minute power. So by the way, our one minute and four minute power, if you do our testing protocol, you know exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. Now you may have done this at this point, like in the, the writers in our program may have done this, shoot, it could be like eight or 10 weeks ago. It might actually be a little higher now if you've gained some some fitness and power, but we'll stick with what we know, which is we know we do a one minute all out test and we do a four minute all out test. So we literally know what our capabilities are there. Those are the numbers we're gonna target. Then we add a sort of in-between what we call our two-minute power. And mm -hmm. basically what we do is just meet in the middle between we, you know, between the one and the four-minute power. Mm -hmm. So to make math easy, if your uh, four-minute power is 400 watts and your one-minute power is 600 watts, then your two-minute power is 500 watts to keep it easy. You know, it's in the middle there. Um, <clears throat> and for two-minute power, you're going to go four by 30 seconds following our, our scheme there. Um, and so four minute power for a lot of people, like when we were in the, in the studio running erg mode, um, this is one of the instances where I do actually like erg mode is for anaerobic power intervals. And there's two reasons, but, um, is we would settle on, okay. So our anaerobic power is very dependent on one's like fatigue rate capabilities. Um, like my anaerobic power is not particularly impressive relative to like my quote FTP number because mm -hmm. I'm more of an endurance kind of endurance guy, diesel engine guy versus someone who's more of a speed and power person. Yeah. I mean, you tend to be more like this, like you're more of an anaerobic athlete. So your anaerobic numbers are quite impressive relative to your FTP number. But what we would found worked really well in the studio mm -hmm. when we had everyone, you know, 12, 15 people at a time doing this is we picked, um, 130% of FTP for four minute power. Then it was 160% of FTP for two minute power. And it was 190% of FTP for one minute power. Yeah. That worked really well. Yeah. It seemed to work really like for me, it was extra hard because I am not as anaerobically inclined. It was plenty of hard enough for me. It was yeah. plenty hard. Yeah, yeah, and those there, there's certain riders that are very much anaerobically mm -hmm. capable, like have high anaerobic capacity, and then they were like they were still hard workouts. Don't get me wrong, well, or hard yeah, efforts. To be honest, like the one minute power for 15 seconds didn't seem that hard, mm -hmm. especially outside. But in the trainer, in we erg had a, mode. Yeah, yeah, well, in a, yeah, in in erg mode on the trainer, and with the twist you're going to tell everybody about, it was challenging for sure, for sure. Yeah, so heart rate here won't be a limiter. So up to this point for our anaerobic thresholds and our VO2s, we've had that strict like 90 to 92% of max heart rate cap to keep those intervals from being too stressful. These intervals are so short. We're talking 15 seconds to one minute um, being the longest. Um, what's that? Yeah, so then we don't have a heart rate Cap. Yeah, so there's no heart rate limiter, mm -hmm. um, so because it's anaerobic work and it's it's very high muscular demand right, work. Right. Um, so the heart rate limiter is not um, relevant here. So right. you basically just get after it, hit the hit the <laughs> numbers, get her done, get her done. Um, all right, so more work power equals more recovery. Mm -hmm. So now we're down to a one to three work to rest ratio. Um, where we had a one to two for the VO2 max. One to one for VO2s. Oh, where did I get one to two? Because if you did two minute interval, you did oh, two minute right, recovery. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, so this is, so your recoveries are three times as long as your work intervals. Got because it. Because it's okay. very high power, you need a little more time to recover. Okay. So you can hit that high power again. See, it's been a while since I've done these. Right, Even, right. <laughs> even though, though they are my favorites. So if you do these outside, um, you'll do your, for example, you'll do your 15 seconds at one minute power, and then you'll have 45 seconds to come back down the hill if you're doing it as like a hill repeat or just spin easily if you're on the flats, and then you'd repeat it again after the 45 seconds. Um, <clears throat> so that's that one to three. Now, if you're doing these indoors on a smart trainer in erg mode, um, which this happens to be my favorite erg mode workout, um, is we limit the recoveries mm -hmm. to 50% of the work 
interval load, okay? So if you're doing the one minute power intervals for 15 seconds, that's 190% of your FTP. The um, recovery is then 95% of your FTP, so just slightly under. So it's basically your anaerobic threshold right up close to it. Um, for the recoveries for 45 seconds before you hit it again at 190%. Um, which that, I think that's the hardest one. It's really far. challenging. The so set. In total for four minutes, you you have to concentrate and you're working pretty darn hard. Yeah, you're going from 95% FTP up to 190% of FTP, mm-hmm. back, back down, down to 95 yeah. Back up, back down, back up, back down. Whew, at the end of the four minutes, you're like, oh, thank goodness, you think, that you're was glad done. It's over. Yeah, and then those that aren't particularly anaerobically powerful, like myself, sometimes I struggle to actually get through the 15 seconds. Oh, um, okay. And because you just like, I, I bog down because I don't have that top, top end power. Okay. Um, you know, on a, on a good day, I can get through it all, but often right, I won't. Right. And then what you have to do is sort of stop, you know, 12 seconds into the 15 seconds, let the interval kind of run out and then kind of punch it, pedal mm-hmm. again to get things going at that 95% and get ready for right, the next right. one, 45 seconds later. So it's definitely a, a challenging. It's very race-like too, because we're mm-hmm. getting closer to like race season and race prep, and um, it all kind of fits together. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, like thinking about doing it myself in the gym or watching you do it, like for those fifteen seconds, we were usually standing and like going oh, yeah. really hard, and then for the forty-five seconds, I would usually sit down mm-hmm. for that ninety-five percent. But and that is very race-like. Like your... you punch up a hill in a race. Yeah. But you can't just let off the gas. Like right. you, you pass somebody, but then you have to really go hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a great workout. So, um, so yeah, the benchmark session then is incorporating all three of those power levels: one minute power, two minute power, mm-hmm. four minute power. In so it's three sets of intervals. The first set is four times fifteen seconds with forty-five seconds recovery, whether it be full recovery outside or that partial fifty percent recovery. Um, doesn't sound hard, but trust us, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, then you get like five, six minutes, you know, extra recovery between mm-hmm. sets. And then the second set trains two minute power. So it's four by 30 seconds at two minute power. And then you get 90 seconds of recovery at one to three ratio. Um, if you're doing these outside, you're riding back down the hill, pedaling around easy and then hitting it again. Um, if you're doing these on erg mode, that recovery is partial um, at about 80% of your threshold. So it's kind of like an aerobic, uh, like high zone two. Yeah. Zone I find this set recovery. actually the most difficult. There's something about this one. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, I don't mind the first one with the, with the short intervals yeah. and the second one, it's a bit off. And yeah. then the third one is easy to me. Yeah. And so as we work down the ladder, we're becoming it's becoming closer to, it's incorporating more aerobic power. Oh, there you go. There's my problem. So as you go down the ladder, it becomes significantly easier for an aerobic person like myself yeah. with a low fatigue rate. And it becomes maybe just as challenging or slightly more challenging for the more anaerobic person mm-hmm. like yourself. So that's yeah. why I think the 15 one is hard for you. And then the 30 second one's even harder. For me, it's the 15 second one's the hardest. Mm-hmm. And the 30 second one is, is still hard, but it's manageable. Well, I'm talking about indoors too, like to be clear, like what's hard for me on that 30 second one is the 90 second recovery at 80%. Right, right. That's what I'm talking about as well. Yeah. Um, And then the third set after a longer recovery is four times a minute Mm -hmm. at your four minute power with three minute recoveries. Um, And that, so four minute power is about 130%. So your recovery now is 65% of your FTP. And that's like a zone two type effort. So it's still, you're still pedaling. It's not just a soft pedal either. You know, it's just like a basic pedal, Mm -hmm. Um, but it becomes much more recovery like. Um, And the reason we do this is because with these limited recoveries, one, it's an amazing workout. But when you're indoors, those recoveries start to be rather long and you end up spending a lot of time if you had like a full recovery, a lot of time of just like soft pedaling, mm-hmm. um, is that bad? No, not necessarily. In fact, if these workouts with the partial 50% recoveries are too hard, you could change it to a full just soft pedal recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have found over the years working with our athletes in the studio that 
this was a much better bang for the buck and you'd still get a lot of good TSS over the course of the workout because your recoveries are still moderate to moderately hard efforts in between the actual like really hard efforts. So it's actually a big TSS gainer yeah, for um, sure it when is. you do that. And then outside, you just need the time to recover, like get back down a hill if you're doing like a hill repeat or something. So taking those full recoveries um, is sufficient in that regards. All right, and then as we progress the workouts, we begin with fewer intervals and we add more intervals. So we begin with typically, um, sometimes I'll start people out with just three, three by 15, three by 30, three by 60, and then work up to the four. And then if that goes well, go to five and then max out at about six Ooh. of each. And that's a that's a tough one. We that's would do that in the studio too. Um, so if you want to add more, and then also if you're using the whoop readiness modifiers mm-hmm. or whatever HRV measuring device you, you have, and you're in the green, you can always add an additional interval to each set because it's kind of telling you you're ready for a little extra load on that day. Um, if you're in the yellow, just stick with the planned. And if you're in the red, um, probably just make it a recovery day instead of the intervals. For sure. Um, and that, that's all built into our base builder 4.0 plans. And then also our, um, race prep plan coming up in April. Those will be, those modifiers will be built into the plan. So, um, yeah. Did I miss anything on that? No, just a, one more thing though. I wanted mm-hmm. to reiterate that when you, you would be done with this session, if you had 20 extra minutes, you could just get in a nice zone two right. ride. Or if you were still feeling pretty peppy, you could try some zone three aerobic threshold intervals. Right. Yeah. To get those extra minutes, extra TSS, yeah. um, without too much strain, but the kind of the, the underlying goal here is this is the time to apply that extra strain mm-hmm. in these final couple, you know, two, three weeks of, of building one's base. Right. And then you'll be ready for some recovery and you'll be pretty darn fast. Um, even before getting into specific race prep training. So you can do some early season racing and then take a short recovery break and then, um, start building up towards your goal summer events. Uh, yeah. So if you haven't already check out our, uh, race prep program, we also have some, uh, version 4.0 race prep plans coming out in the very near future Mm -hmm. that will piggyback off our base builder 4.0 plans and, um, kind of keep people engaged in training, um, in the weeks and months to come. All right. I think that was good. Um, reach out with any comments or questions. We appreciate you listening and If you can share our podcast with your other cycling friends, we would appreciate the um, the spreading of our Mm -hmm, our work. For sure, Uh, ratings and reviews are also helpful. And check out all the different show notes for coupon codes and discounts and all the fun stuff that we're hoping to share with you guys. And then we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Sounds good. All right, talk to you guys soon. Have a good couple weeks. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the Weight Endurance Training Community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist.